With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook and Ricardo Ball on ECNZ. Oh, very good morning. Welcome to Dog Speed. It's a solo trial today, though. Mark Rosanowski here all alone, but I've got three terrific guests looking forward to talking to very shortly. Justin Evans out of the commentary box at Ascot Park in Invercargill. Of course, on a Sunday, we normally have the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club at Monaco. Well, they're still there today. They have a 12-race card starting at 1.06, reminding you we're only a week away from the heats of the SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, and that will form a fair basis of our show today because my second guest is Jerry O'Keefe. Now, Jerry brought Ring the Bell over to win uh, his first Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar in 2017. The dog stayed on to win the following year when trained by the late, great Ray Adcock. Jerry came back in 2019, got third with Van der Gambo, and he also got Billy's Bacon to the final. Well, Jerry is back, and with a dog called Here's Tears, a Group 1 winner from Australia that's won nearly half a million dollars in the twilight of his career. But we'll hear from Jerry very shortly. He'll be our extended interview today. And then to round out the show, someone who I was going to speak to last week, but she was busy. She was up at Matico last week, and that's uh, Marcy Flip. She picked up a winner too with uh, Opawa Lightning, so having a chat to Marcy. She's got a couple of new dogs in uh, midweek at Palmerston North that uh, qualified reasonably well recently there on the track. So, yes, two weeks away from the final of the SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. And of course, on that day, June the 12th, SENZ will be live at the track with a special from three to four. Mark Clayton and Elizabeth Whelan will take you through the Silver Collar action and that of the Waterloo Cup. Group one also on the card too. Of course, next week, the heats. (laughs) Also a chance for you, if you keep listening to SENZ, uh, to win a, uh, a day out for two looked after by the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club, everything catered for to the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. For now, though, let's concentrate on one of the two meetings today. As I say, Monaco in operation, Auckland Greyhounds from 106. But earlier than that, quite soon, actually, the Otago Greyhound Racing Club, they don't have a home these days necessarily, but they found one down at Ascot Park in Invercargill for their meeting today, which actually starts at 11.57 and 12 races. And to call the action is Justin Evans. Justin, as I say, a very good morning to you. I, I want to ask you, are you missing Forbury Park there in Dunedin? I have a little morning to you, Rosa, and uh, all the uh, listeners. Great to be uh, on Dog Speed uh, for the first time. Um, yeah, look, I am uh, a little for a couple of reasons. First of all, it was always a bit of a favourite track of mine, even before I got calling in the region. I used to, um, certainly from a punting point of view, very much enjoyed the racing over the years. I thought it sort of played well for... Um, those strong sort of dogs. Often we'd see the sort of Gary Cleave dogs at them late down the outside and had great memories of 
an early favourite of mine uh, many years ago, Shorty Bijou, who used to get the big circle on around the field over those staying trips. And um, look, when I started calling there, it was a real favourite of mine because it was about a five-minute drive, which um, <laughs> was always good to having the two-and-a-half-hour drive that I have regularly these days to Ascot mm. Park, which always helps me. So, look, I do miss Forbury, uh, but, you know, um, unfortunately, with the closure of Forbury, uh, we no longer race there, obviously, but um, always good to get down and uh, call the Greyhounds and what is the track these days, I suppose, here at Ascot Park. Well, the Otago Club still exists and they have a, a meeting there today. And at the end of the day, uh, Justin, you're going to be calling some pretty quick dogs. Race 11, Master Portos. And in the last, um, dogs like Victoria Lou and Peggy Lou. So uh, pretty uh, good meeting to look forward to some of those races towards the end of the day. I, I know you enjoy calling the, the fast greyhounds, the dogs that can compete anywhere in the country. Exactly. We are lucky uh, down here. We uh, regularly get these um, quick Canterbury uh, visitors, as you say, Master Porthos, around one sort of headline today. He's such a, a big talent, as we know. Ran third in the derby. He's been scintillating in his last two wins. Did a lot of his early racing here at Ascot Park, actually. And um, so he knows the track really well. He looks nigh on unbeatable, Rosso. Hard to make a dollar out of him at a dollar twenty-five. I think, is the price they've um, posted him at, which looks fair enough. He looks absolutely nigh on unbeatable, drawn out where you'd want him to be. That last race, I think she is the one to beat, Victoria Lou. She's a very good sprinter again. She's got plenty of experience here. Probably not as guilty as Master Porthos. She's got the uh, five draw to overcome. Uh, Monty Madhammer is somewhat of a danger there if he turns up with his best, but I think she probably is the way to go in the last and uh, can easily see those hard dogs uh, winning the uh, two feature races at the end of the day, uh, Rosa. Justin, you have a marvellous capacity for analysis of all three codes. I, I marvel at it, um, your, uh, your in-depth analysis of them and, uh, and the dogs. Uh, you uh, certainly go through and um, and have a, a very close association with them and, and, and know the way that, that they race and their traits. So I'm looking forward to what might be your, your best bet and value bets today. Yeah, look, I am keen on the day, Ros, and I think uh, whilst there's a lot of meat on the bone, I am fairly keen on a couple for those uh, pundits who don't mind sort of taking shorter shots. I think the best of the day for mine is uh, race number four, a uh, dog called Mini Adobe, race four, number eight, just uh, with the draw today. Um, looking out now, she loves it um, out on the track. She was actually a dog who got beaten a few times at a short price here, but she was always sort of drawn in. She was always looking to get out. Eventually, she broke through, but she's been racing good fields at Addington. Um, the likes of the Zipping Tracker, Willeen Bale. She ran fourth here last start off in a suitable box one behind a soapbox. Uh, that's just superior form here. She's got the perfect draw. I think she'll win. She's around a dollar ninety, so near on even odds. Um, that's good enough for mine. I thought um, she looks a special. Couple of others. Race five, number one, Amuri Ruru. So, so I can tell you, I've got my eye on my very slow greyhound. Ever go solo trial as I speak. We'll touch on him soon. Uh, race five, number <laughs> one, Amuri Ruru, who is just an out and out uh, railer. Absolutely loves the inside. Loves Ascot Park. Uh, went into box one during the week at Addington and was able to score there. Um, again, shorter shots. Ross, I've got the two dollar mark. I think she'll be winning. And race eight, number one, calculated risk. He looks very hard to beat today. Now, he's probably not ideally uh, boxed away in one, 
does, again, like a little bit of room to move, but um, he's been racing stronger fields, and he should get a decent crack early. He's got Lightfoot Luna, Dark and Dusty, right to his outsider. I think as long as he gets that room, that first 50 metres, I can see him taking control of that race. And just like the way he's going, calculated risk in stronger fields. I'm very keen at all three of those. I think they um, could just about win, so a good multi uh, there. Um, those three dogs, Mini Adobe, Amuri, Ruru and calculated risk. I will check one out at a little bit of value, a little bit sort of uh, more each way prize for us. So race number two, it's a maiden sprint. Number four, home of Sadie. Um, I think is a little over the odds at 6.50. I think she might have been missed here. Um, I did see her quali trial here, and I did take particular notice of that trial because my my boy was in that trial. But this girl actually ran second. That was only a week ago here at Ascot Park. I thought she was pretty good. She absolutely flew off the list. And she ended up running second, but the dog that beat her looks pretty smart. Um, first starter we'll see soon with John Allen, who looks as though he's got another promising litter on his hands. Thought she went uh, pretty well, although the time was slow. It was a very slow track. It had been raining that day. It was a bit of a bog. I thought she went good. And then she had um, not much like first up at Addington during the week. So, look, I expect her to run um, run a pretty big race there. So, race number two, number four. The value of the day for me, Rosso, home Sadie. Yeah, like your thoughts there, uh, Justin. Have noted all those down. Look, um, let's talk about Astro. I know you love him. He's a dog you've mentioned twice, and, and twice you, you, you've given him the adjective slower. Um, but um, look, talk about Astro because you've given him uh, a real uh, prominence through social media. And, you know, as a commentator, you, you're, getting, you're getting in there, in the code, uh, getting very involved. So what's the latest with, uh, with Astro, who's at, um, at Maddie Hamilton's? And, 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 and what's Astro's racing name? Yeah, which only came through um, not that long ago, which was pretty exciting. Because um, Astro's a, a dog that my wife and I decided we'd get into the game and get as a sort of replacement to our um, our border collie, who's sort of uh, nearing the age of the next few years where we'll be uh, looking for a second dog. And we thought, you know what, we'll, 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 we'll get into the game, we'll race the dog, and then uh, bring it home onto the couch um, as a uh, pet. And uh, the way things are going, Rosso, he might be on that couch quicker than we thought. Look, Astro's a dog by Southern Lights, a, a real Invercargill breed, the great Southern Lights, the first Invercargill dog to, to reach that $100,000 mark. He's out of Opawa. Kim, the litter are just getting to the track now. In fact, in that race number two, three of Astro's uh, litter mates are going around including two of his kennel mates with Maddie, young uh, Madison Hamilton, who well, I struck up a relationship with um, when I first started calling here. And, um, look, she was just a, a, a great um, a contact, and uh, she got the way and got us into this dog who had basically just been born at that stage. I could tell you Astro's racing name is Star Sailor, um, and there's a bit of a story to that. Um, Astro, astronaut, my wife's into all things stars and astrology, so she basically picked Astro from the litter. In fact, there were a litter of 10 or so. Uh, my wife, Renee, had to pick up nine of them, and she picked Astro. Uh, she possibly has got the slowest of the lot, but um, the star sailor is actually the, uh, the uh, I think it's the Greek or Latin abbreviation of uh, astronaut, so... Hence the name Star Sailor. Literally means astronaut. Look, um, he's yet to qualify. He's had two cracks at qualifying. He's just a little on the slow side. He's a bit like me at school, uh, Rosso. He just can't quite keep up. We're hoping he's just going to take a little bit uh, longer to blossom. He's a big fella. He's uh, the biggest of the litter. He's already about 36, 37 kilos. So 
we will see. But at this stage, he's just lacking there. Look, I don't think he'll ever be winning a sprint, that's for sure. But we're hoping we get him to the races. He's just had a bit of a blight around now. But, um, yeah, we will see. We will see. But uh, fingers crossed that he can at least turn up to the races for us. Oh, look, I really hope so, uh, Justin. I, I did notice his sister, um, Phantom Ace, went on debut the other day for the McCook Kennel uh, over the 520 metres, which was uh, pretty cool. Um, yeah, it gives me, uh, I've been chatting about that with, uh, with uh, Andy McCook, of course. Uh, it does give me hope that uh, Astro might be able to um, express himself over a longer journey because uh, I think it might be his uh, <laughs> only hope as I see him coming back from his, uh, from his trial. But look, I won't give up on him yet. He's certainly in it. The one thing I would say, he's always been sort of outdashed by his sisters, but he's... Um, He's always done his best work late in his trials and in his qualities as well. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping as he gets over a little further that um, he might come into his own. But at this stage, he's just finding it a little hard to even get to the qualifying mark. But uh, fingers crossed, Maddie does a great job. She's got those two in race two, Jilly Bean and Lightning Up. I couldn't really see you into either. I know there's not much between those sisters. That the grandfather, uh, Roy Hamilton, her grandfather who trained Southern Lights, he's got another of the litter mates, Southern Hope, who actually probably would be my pick of the three. So good luck to them. Okay, good. Hey, Justin, just before we let you go, you talk about uh, Maddie there, Matt Madison Hamilton. And, of course, she was the uh, first recipient of the Greyhound Racing New Zealand Young Achiever uh, Award, and you nominated her for that. So that must have given you a, a bit of a buzz for, for Maddie to be selected for that inaugural award there a couple of months back. Huge buzz, Rosso. Uh, yeah, look, I thought I'd nominate uh, Madison as I touched on earlier. She was a, uh, a young lady who I sort of struck up a bit of a friendship with when I first started calling here. At the time, she was winning uh, races left, right and centre with a dog uh, called Just Olive. And just a, a friendly young lady. And I was always a fan of Southern Lights, of course, trained by her grand, uh, grandfather, Roy, got to know the uh, family. And, hey, look, she led us into... Um, Astro, of course, who led us through that process to get us into the game and ownership and just uh, been impressed with her attitude. And, of course, she's not only a trainer, very small team, of course, um, and it's only a part-time thing for Maddie in this part of the world in Chicago, but just like the care and attention she gives her dog, she's also the sort of rehabilitation uh, program uh, down here. She does a great job with any dog that needs a bit of care and assistance before they uh, get rehomed. So, um, look, um, she's a young gun, uh, love her attitude, she looks after her dogs and she's been a pleasure to deal with, so we need more of those in the game, and it's not easy down at this part of the world, I can tell you, in Chicago where the numbers aren't big, but um, she certainly loves it, and uh, fingers crossed for her that this new litter of hers can do a good job. Justin, really appreciate your insight this morning, thanks for your selections as well, look forward to following those a little later, and uh, all the best in the commentary box at Ascot Park today. Yeah, thanks for all absolute pleasure. Justin Evans there commentating the Otago meeting today down at Ascot Park. You are on dog speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. We're here on SENZ. The SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, the final, is only a fortnight away. The heats are a week away. In those heats will be an Australian dog called Here's Tears, a Group 1 winner. He's in the twilight of his career, but the man who has brought him over, Jerry O'Keefe, has done it before. Yes, he brought Ring the Bell over to win in 2017. And he was back in 2019, and he wasn't too far away then either, training Van de Gambo to run third. We will hear from Jerry right after this. In two weeks' time, we will have the SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar live from Monaco. There is an SENZ special out on the track capturing all the action. Mark Clayton and Elizabeth Whelan uh, will be hosting that, as well as the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. There's also the Group 1 Waterloo Cup and an outstanding undercard 
of greyhound racing if you are going to be in the Monaco area in a fortnight. Now, I really hope one dog will be there that we're about to talk about, a dog called Here's Tears. Now, in 2017, I had the pleasure of meeting Jerry O'Keefe for the first time. He brought Ring the Bell over, a very well-performed Australian stayer who came out and won that Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. And Jerry left the dog out here with the late, great Ray Adcock. The dog then repeated the dose, became the first dog in collar history to win back-to-back silver collars. Tivoli Tom had won a couple before, but there was actually a year in between his two wins. Jerry came back in 2019. He was third with Van de Gambo, and he also qualified Billy's Bake for that final. We've had to wait three long years to have Jerry back, and Jerry O'Keefe, it's great to have you back. How are you, my friend? How's Jerry O'Keefe in 2022? Going real well, thanks, Rosso. Going real well. See, it wasn't all bad news with COVID. It kept me away for two years, so it was a plus, a plus <laughs> for uh, the New Zealand greyhound uh, racing people. Come on, Jerry. We've we've missed you. Now, do we find you at Monaco today? Are you at the track? Yes. Uh, made a decision last night, uh, Rosso, to... I wasn't... The, the dog arrived on Friday. He was a day late, just to, due to a, an airline, airline hold-up. Uh, I wasn't going to trial him until next Wednesday, but he's done so well. The club's just allowed, allowed me to put him on the scales here at Manukau, and he's spot on his weight. So he has a trial uh, in about an hour's time from the uh, 779 boxes. Uh, it runs about 650 metres, and um, that'll be a- enough for him today. And uh, we'll see how he goes, and if everything uh, works out okay. Uh, we'll uh, be fronting up again next Sunday with uh, reasonable hopes of qualifying. Jerry, I knew I could rely on you for some breaking news, so that, that's terrific that he's uh, good to go for that trial today when initially you were, and we were talking yesterday, that it, that it would be Wednesday, not today, because of that hold-up. That's uh, fantastic that the dog is uh, is so well. Now, let's talk about this dog here's tears. And firstly, Jerry, uh, for people listening in who are not aware of the, this dog's background, He's got incredible credentials, but he's actually only recently come into your care and you've had a couple of wins with him. But what was the process of getting him? And it seems that you got him specifically for this race in New Zealand, the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. Exactly right, Rosso. For about the last six months, I've been uh, annoying uh, Victorian, South Australian, Western Australian and New South Wales trainers no distance racing or very little distance racing in Tasmania and very little distance racing up in Queensland. But I've been annoying trainers for their older staying dogs. I learned a lesson with Billy Spake when he came over here. He could run 720, he could run 730, he couldn't run the 779 onto the follow-on lure. He got beaten a nose by big-time Chloe in his heat of the silver collar in 2019 but was cooked for the final, uh, hit the front down the back, but then faded out to run last. So reassessed, really needed a dog that can run out the 779 strongly. Had a list of about 15 dogs, whittled that list down and down and down with injuries and retirements and people saying, uh, thank you very much, Jerry, but no thank you uh, for your kind offer. (laughs) And um, in about January of this year, uh, nicked out to uh, Lara to see Robert Britton, said to Robert, can I have an old staying dog to take to New Zealand for the silver collar? And he said, here's tears is exactly the dog you want. 
can stay all day. At that stage, he was four and a half years old. Uh, he's now four years and nine months old. Um, so he had to get the approval of the owners, which he subsequently did. I went back about a month later and picked him up. Mark, what I decided to do was to do everything that Robert Britton hadn't done. So I took the dog and uh, put him behind the drag lure. I took him to tracks that he'd never been to. Uh, every old bloke, and I include myself in this, always sparks up a bit when they get to new surroundings. And I think his Tears has done that exactly. So he was at my place for about six, seven weeks. Uh, he's had three starts for a uh, first start for me win at Ballarat at 20 to 1, then an ordinary run at Bendigo over the 660, and then a reasonable run at Sale where he won at short odds over the 650. So he comes over in good order, in good condition. He's four years and nine months old. He's won just under half a million in stakes in Australia. He's had 90-odd starts for 25 wins. But, Rosso, the biggest probably feather in his cap is that he is still, to this day, the current record holder at Sandown over the 7.15. And uh, he's a very, very relaxed old dog. Um, that doesn't always put in his best. But um, with the follow-on lure, a trial today, we'll keep our fingers crossed to qualify next Sunday and uh, go from there. Jerry, it is a remarkable record that he's got. He's been in eight Group 1s, I see. The first of those was 15th of February 2020, and he ran second in the Zoom Top. And his most recent uh, Group 1 was also in the Zoom Top, and it was his third Zoom Top uh, in February of this year. He won the Group 1 Super Stayers at the Meadows over 725 metres back in February of 2020. And obviously, people are saying, well, OK, he's towards the twilight of his career. He can't be... Uh, as good anymore, and I guess that makes sense. But Jerry, just having a look at you know those recent races for you, and I think it was at Ballarat he beat Untapped, who won the Sandown Cup week before last. Mark, I don't find I find in Australia we're too quick to retire dogs. I don't see the same problem here in New Zealand. Now this dog is one relaxed customer, and even when you see him trial today or race next Sunday. He looks as if he's just loping along at 90% speed. Um, I, I agree with the New Zealand way of training that it's injuries and it's age that will stop them. But four and a half is not old. Um, he's had no major injuries. Um, oh, no, we'll, we'll give it our... It might be a silly idea. We'll give it our best shot. If we come up short, I'm happy to have come up short rather than not have a go. Yeah, certainly, Jerry. Look, I, I saw that last race uh, at Sale, and he was clearly superior to them, and that's why he was paying a dollar thirty. And it looked like he was being ridden to instruction because he just pulled out in the straight, and it was like he did what he had to do, which is fine. But as I say, I think that people shouldn't be writing this dog off on age because of a couple of the dogs that he's been racing in and around in those two prior races for you. I mean, that first up run, you say he won at twenty to one, as I see there at Ballarat, and that was uh, it was pretty smart company. Now, a did you have a bet? And B, um, was it a surprise to you, that win? Mark, I never bet. 
I used to bet like Fury when I was young. Uh, I don't bet anymore. I find it interferes too much with my emotional involvement with the dog. I'm a bad loser if I bet, and I'm a bad punter when I do bet, but I don't bet anymore. My last bet, Mark, was on Ring the Bell to win his second silver collar, and one of the betting agencies was kind enough to give me an all-up of $69, and that was absolutely terrific. But uh, no, was it a surprise to me? Yes, it was. But again, Mark, nothing this dog does is ever a surprise to me. He's got a lot of ability on his night. He doesn't always put in his absolute best, but it was a track that he'd not been to as far as I'm aware. And uh, with the change of kenneling arrangements and the change of training arrangements, he sparked up a bit for the last couple of hundred yards, metres at uh, Ballarat. And uh, again, it looked like J-Mac in the saddle. Um, just took part, just went past them, and uh, sur- yes, he did surprise me. Well, Jerry, uh, appreciate your insight into the dog. Here's tears. Very shortly, I want to talk to you about why you're so interested in the Duke of uh, Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar and, and why you've come back for uh, for a third time. Just a reminder too about Here's Tears that he is a, a brother to Tornado Tears, who is a million dollar winner and an outstanding stayer and. And uh, Here's Tears did run second to his little brother, Tornado Tears, in the Top Gun at the Meadows in 2020, November of 2020. We're chatting with Jerry O'Keefe. He is here in New Zealand for a crack at the SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. Here's Tears will trial in less than an hour now at Monaco, take his place in the heats next week and hopefully in the final with $80,000 at Group 1 level on June the 12th. We've got to take a break here on Dog Speed. Hey, check out lovegreyhounds.org.nz for some of the best greyhound videos you have ever seen, pups and adult dogs. Back shortly. And on Dog Speed this morning, we're chatting with Jerry O'Keefe. He is an Australian greyhound trainer who has brought his tears out for a crack at the SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. Heats next week, final in a fortnight, June the 12th. Uh, live coverage here on SENZ, a special between three and four, live from Monaco with Mark Clayton and Elizabeth Whelan bringing you the action there. And Jerry, as we come back to you, look, I'm, I'm very interested in firstly how you found out or, or first heard about the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, and then secondly, why you're so interested in coming back and attacking it again. Now, bearing in mind that it's an $80,000 final compared to the money that's being offered now for greyhound racing, particularly in Victoria, New South Wales. And um, I know, you know, coming up in a couple of weeks, we've got uh, that $500,000 staying race at uh, the Gardens in Newcastle. So, Jerry, why the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar for you? Because it's no mean feat getting a greyhound out here and getting it ready for a race like that. Mark, first time I heard about it was Sweet It Is. Sweet It Is was a Victorian stayer who was clearly the best stayer in the country for about 15 or 18 months. And she was that strong, she would only hit the front with 200 metres to go and invariably win by six or eight. So the decision in around 2015 to bring her out here highlighted for me, brought the silver collar to my attention. I hadn't heard of it much before then. Just being aware of the fact, Mark, that I've only been um, back in Greyhounds, I had a 30-year gap when family and work commitments took over and I got back involved in greyhounds in around about 2015. So what sweet it is, sadly that ended in a bit of a disaster with a, uh, a caffeine uh, uh, concern. 
um, which was totally accidental, by the way, but that drew the race to my attention. 779 metres onto a follow-on lure. Um, biggest staying test in Australasia. That's a fair income race. So that piqued my attention. I had the right dog for it at the time in Ring the Bell. Delighted to leave the old dog with the old master, Ray Adcock. Um, exceeded all of our expectations in what Ray was able to do with the dog. His comment to me was, gee, I wish I'd had him from 20 months on. And uh, that's all right. So aware of the silver collar. You taste a bit of success and you, you'd like a little bit more. So tried with um, Van de Gambo and Billy's Bake. Van de Gambo was a slab-sided, pea-hearted, non-chasing uh, lowlife, in my opinion. But other than that, he was quite nice. And um, then COVID, of course, interfered for two years, and here we are back having a go. Why the silver collar? Because it is a fair income staying test. Um, seven 15-metre races, they're a, they're a good staying test, but this is fair income. Seven seventy-nine metres, 250 metres onto the follow-on lure, twice in one week. Um, you've got to be able to train your dogs properly to get the balls in their legs as the build-up. And you can you can almost get away with it one week. You'll never get away with it for the final if you haven't got the right dog. I've just got a little feeling, Rosno, that the right dog might be down in Rangiora. You never know. <laughs> well, that dog you're talking about is, is no keeper uh, with the trainer uh, Gary Cleave and uh, also Gaylene Turnwald. And, and that dog on, on Friday at Addington over the 645 metres made it 15 out of 15 distance races, 600 metres and beyond. And he's been as far as 747 metres there at uh, Cambridge for the Group 2 uh, Team McDonald. Now, Jerry, what do you know about uh, No Keeper and what do you know about the stayers who you might face in the heats next week? I know nothing about the stayers I'll face in the heats next week. No, that's fine. I know a little bit about Gary Cleave in that he's a pretty big unit and I would prefer to get along with Gary rather than take him on, so that's all right. Uh, and all I know about No Keeper, of course, watched a few of his replays back when I was in Australia. 15 out of 15. Um, probably, and I'll be advised by you, Mark, probably the best stayer that's, that New Zealand has produced in a decade. Um, if you don't have a go, you never know. So blow this business of sitting at home and wondering. You come out here, if we get clobbered, if we get our pants pulled down, terrific. That's fine. But I'm not going to sit at home and say, what if or if only. And uh, we'll... we'll if we if we meet in the final, the only thing I can promise you, Mark, the only thing I can promise you is that his tears does not bowl underarm. So that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, good on you, Jerry. Um, yes. Um, now, I understand that um, Gary Cleave may have a part to play in his tears future as well. Oh, I threw a bit of a bait out to Gary, sort of in a bit of a light-hearted way saying to him, Gary, why don't you come over to Australia for the Sandown Cup? You're welcome to stay at my place. The dogs, I've only got five kennels. There's a spot for your, your dog. Welcome to come over and then you can transfer up to Sydney for the half-million-dollar race at Newcastle. And he said, I, I said, I'll wave to you. As you're flying over to my place, I said, I'll wave to you as I'm coming over here. And sadly, uh, well, sensibly, Gary, you know, didn't take the bait, so that's all right. But part of the deal of getting the dog is that I have to find a home for him. 
And I spoke to Gary oh, a month ago and said, look, I'm coming over. Would you be prepared to take the, t- take the dog? And he said, yes. I said, it'll be your responsibility to get a home for him, but that will be probably one of the easiest things he's ever done as the old dog is beautifully marked, a beautiful old gentleman, and would be an addition to any person's home uh, as a wonderful old dog that would probably pass away on the couch in 10 years' time. So, no, the plan at this stage, uh, young Rosso, is only to qualify next Sunday. Nothing else matters. Um, If we're in it, we're in it, and there'll be seven others who are all hoping for exactly the same thing. Um, No keeper. Am I correct in saying, in your opinion, Rosso, that he's the best day a New Zealand's produced in 10 years? Look, Jerry, I'm, I'm always um, reluctant um, to sort of make claims. I mean, sort of looking back, even if we just go through the, the, the Duke of Edinburgh silver collar, Shandell was outstanding. She, she got a first, a second, a third. Now, she was upgraded to first. You mentioned Sweden as before 2015. It was first past the post running down Shandell, uh, but Sweden as subsequently disqualified for that uh, positive to caffeine, and Shandell got the winner. Shandell was clearly... Uh, something brilliant. Um, so was Thrilling Brat, the 2013 winner, was able to go across to Australia and perform with distinction as well. And then for sure, for sheer pulling power, um, Swift Fantasy, of course, caught the imagination with the way that, that, that she raced. Um, so, you know, Dinah Weslin, I think, was pretty outstanding as well. She only just clung on to win in 2019, but she also went uh, back across to uh, to Australia. But Jerry, look, he, he is something special. I, I guess we're in a uh, an era where, at the moment, you know, he's relatively untouchable. The great thing about him um, is that he has been an excellent dog over the five hundred and twenty metres. Group one winner, Group one placings, and some of our very best races. And then he's been able to step up and sustain it from the front in those distance races. So, look, it'll be um, if he can if he can get that silver collar, and then on with the uh, the uh, the Stayers Cup down in Christchurch as well. Then then we'll you know obviously might be crowning him with some some pretty uh, some pretty glorious headlines. <laughs> but Jerry, I also wanted to ask before we let you go um, about the current staying ranks in Australia. Untapped won that Sandown Cup, as mentioned. His tears defeated uh, Untapped you know not so long ago uh, last month. I was talking to Jason Lincoln from Sky Racing on the show last week, and he felt that there wasn't a great deal of depth in the stayers' ranks. And we look back at you know some of the great dogs of recent times, like Tornado Tears and obviously Fanta Bale. So, what's your assessment of the staying ranks in Australia and, and the current conditions there, given the ra- racing, of course, for some exceptional money? Pretty light. Um, my assessment of greyhound racing in Australia, in general, is this. New South Wales in the last four years have come from four lengths behind Victoria and are now four lengths in front of Victoria in their uh, ability to grab the headlines with their million-dollar chase, now with their 715, and I believe there's another seventy-five dollars or $100,000 race over 350 metres to be announced sooner if it hasn't been announced already. New South Wales are going along at a huge rate of knots. Victoria's going along okay. Western Australia is flying along. Uh, Tasmania's just just plodding along. It's not making any records. South Australia going well with the opening of a new 
one turn track at Murray Bridge alongside a straight track at Murray Bridge. And Queensland, I haven't been up there for three or four years, but all of the news, news that you hear is positive. What I'd like to say about New Zealand greyhound racing is in my 72-hour assessment since I've been here, but also what I've been able to watch for, watch for, um, uh, I'm on, I'll be with you in a minute. Okay. Uh, my assessment is greyhound racing in New Zealand has plateaued somewhat. Here's, here's tears. Here's tears. Yep. No, sorry. The bloody stewards. Um, um, sorry, Mark. Um, uh, sorry. Um, don't, don't, don't worry, you're getting on the wrong side of them, Jerry. No, no, sorry. So, um, has plateaued in the last, say, three or four years. But prior to that, you were bolting along better than, as well as any, and better than most. Now, the thing that's happened in, since COVID is that the quarantine period has been, and, and, and treatment period has been extended from 15 to 45 days. And I really like that. I really like that it's more difficult now to send a greyhound from Australia to New Zealand. New Zealand for too long was seen as a dumping ground for dogs that had m- m- problems in not chasing or marring. Now, um, New Zealand isn't that dumping ground. And the best thing that New Zealand greyhound racing can do is get some really well-bred or really reasonably performed bitches and breed their own. That, to me, is the future for New Zealand. Stop being seen as a dumping ground for, sorry, I'd say it, second-rate Australian dogs that have got ability but have got issues, and make your own way and then produce your champions and then fly back over the ditch and take us on and beat us. And you've done it in every every racing sport. You've done it in thoroughbreds. Uh, New Zealand Derby winner up in Queensland yesterday. You've done it in harness racing. You've done it in rugby. You've done it in sailing. New Zealanders punch above their weight and can do it in greyhound racing if they start to breed their own because they have a natural affinity with dogs and have shown that time after time after time. Jerry, really appreciate your thoughts this morning. Looking forward to catching up with you in a fortnight and all the very best with Here's Tears in that upcoming trial. I better go and apologise to that steward. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Jerry. Uh, Jerry O'Keefe, the trader of Here's Tears, here for the SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. Quick break here on Dog Speed, then back with uh, Central District's trainer, Marcy Flip. Mark Rosanowski in the home straight this morning. Chance now to get into the Central Districts. We're going to visit Foxton here and uh, trainer out of Foxton, Marcy Flip. Marcy, I was going to chat to you last week, but I found you were heading up to Monaco and you got to win up there too with uh, Opawa Lightning. So, uh, look, well done for that but uh, I know you found the found the, t- the trip pretty tough yes hi, hi there Mark um, yeah I was planning on going back this weekend but after the drive home last weekend I thought I need gonna need two weeks to recover so um, <laughs> but I, I will be looking at maybe to do some more trips up there um, mainly because of the, the lack of uh, sprinting opportunity in the CD and unfortunately, I've got quite a few sprinters. So, um, yeah, it looks like I'll be back on the road again. Mm, okay. Look, uh, I hope the dog's recovered better than you, Marcy. Hey, um, just on a power lightning, um, I know she's an older dog, but she's new to your kennel. In fact, 
um, you know, that win at Monaco was first up for your kennel, so you must have been pretty thrilled about, about that. Yes, I was. I was actually quite surprised. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, you know, travelling her away from home sort of for a first start, she, I had trialled her at Palmerston, um, but she has, you know, previously she was racing in Auckland. Um, she was with the Farrell Kennel, and she injured herself back in December, so she was sent home. Um, but, yeah, she's come right. Robin gave her a few starts, and decided that you know we would still have a bit, bit bit of fun left in her yet so I thought well at least she's been around the track so that's one that sort of was on board for that trip and yeah it actually paid off. Certainly did and then she ran uh, second on the Wednesday at Manawatu and I see she's back in at Manawatu on race seven she's drawn box four but a vacant box three so what are you expecting from her midweek? about her actually um but yeah she seems to to race fairly handy um she used to run 520 so um the 375 you know should should be okay for her um and i i'm just i will because of her well she's not that old i mean three and a half is not really old but um just sort of like to look after them a bit once they once they hit that age and yeah probably just 375 palmy and and maybe the Auckland, you know, 318, just to, because obviously she does like the track at Auckland. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'll do with her. Mm, okay, she just had the 33 starts. Hey, um, Marcy, in race three on Wednesday at Palmerston North, you've got a couple of first starters that qualified quite nicely last Wednesday uh, at Palmy. Um, Idle Mitch won it in a 22-19, and 19, and she's by Magic Sprite out of Idle Leanne. What can you tell us about her? She's got box five for her debut. Um, yes, I, I, I did a repeat mating um, with Leanne, and um, uh, these pups are actually they're nearly two years old, um, and I've got, finally got one to the track. Um, the rest of, rest of the litter, to be fair... Um, and that's been quite disappointing. Um, so, yeah, I just really don't know what to expect. Um, Mitch has sort of been the, the pick of the litter all the way through. Um, but, yeah, we've had sort of, um, she's been in season and was, you know, COVID and kennel shutdowns and all sorts of things. Um, it's taken a lot longer to get them on the track to race. So, um, but, yeah, looking forward to her to her running. Um 457, I'm probably being a bit brave and putting her in the 450. But um, we'll see how she goes. And, yeah, just go from there. It's a really nice bitch, though. And, Marcy, you've got Sweet Luella in there. Now, she's a uh, a young sister to Sweet Potential, who's three from three, ran second to Idle Mitch in that qualifying trial. So um, you, she um, presumably got some uh, some potential, Sweet Luella. Yeah, I don't think she's as good as Sweet Potential. <laughs> um, yeah, I think <laughs> I drew the short. I think I drew the short straw there. Um, but yeah, in saying that, um, her her run home times and her trials have been good. Um, she's possibly not quick early, but might be strong at the end. So that's why she's going over the four fifty as well. Um, but yeah, a, a nice enough bitch. And yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. 
Thanks, Marcy. Look, I sold you a bit short on time there, but I did want to uh, catch up. You had a pretty good May, and I think you're going to be in for a pretty good June, and uh, looking forward to those uh, newbies in your kennels coming out uh, midweek at Palmy. Thanks for your time there, Marcy. No worries, Mark. Thank you. Cheers. Catch you on a track soon. Of course, um, he's got Screaming Viking up in Class 5 now. And he's going all right too. He just lacks that little bit of early speed, but he certainly runs through the line. Look, that has been dog speed today. The heats are coming out for the SENZ Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar on Tuesday. We'll be concentrating on those heats next week here on Dog Speed. Until then, Dog Speed to you. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.